0: Hello and welcome to the Kiara Goes Global podcast. The Kiara Goes Global podcast is your one-stop shop for navigating anything travel, lifestyle, and growth-related as you experience your 20s and early adulthood. Guided by your host, Kiara Mason, let's enjoy this journey together. Today we are going to talk about my adventures in Brussels in Belgium, London, England, and Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Moving into the last part of my three-week traveling journey, I headed to Brussels in Belgium from Berlin to spend only one short day before flying off to London. At least, that was how it was supposed to be. A week previously from when I was there in 2016, there was a devastating terrorist attack that occurred in Brussels at the main train station and at the airport. I had heard about these attacks and I was pretty reluctant to go to Brussels during this time of my trip in 2016. but. My flight was still set to depart and it was going to cost me a lot of money to change it. So I decided to just go, check it out. I had the idea to spend my day in a nearby town rather than in the city of Brussels. So when I arrived to Brussels, I caught the train to the nearby town of Leuven. This quaint town featured a slightly different style of architecture than I had seen before, but my favorite was the many markets that were there. The streets were filled with food vendors and fresh produce. I got a basket full of strawberries, which were super delicious. My day mainly consisted of wandering around Levan, taking in the markets and the sunshine, and window shopping at the many expensive stores that I would never be able to actually shop at. The real struggle came a little bit later on. I was supposed to be flying to London early in the morning, so I decided I would just stay at the airport during the night. I headed back to the train station to figure out how to get to the airport. And I got pretty confused and had to ask a few different people for some help. And those who helped me the most was a couple that directed me to a bus that would take me to the airport. However, everyone that I talked to kept telling me that the airport was closed, but I told them that I had a flight leaving from there, so it must be up and running. It wasn't until I was on the bus, talking to the bus driver and a nice lady, when I started to really think about the possibility that my flight had been cancelled. This didn't make any sense to me since, a few days earlier, I had received my itinerary from the flight company, but I decided to check online anyway. Sure enough, at the bottom in the fine print, it said the flight was cancelled and I needed to contact them immediately. Unfortunately for me, their customer service center was closed, so I had no way of knowing if they had rebooked my flight or not. Then it hit me. I was essentially stranded in Brussels with nowhere to stay for the night and no way of getting to London where I was supposed to be arriving the next morning. Thankfully the bus driver and the lady I had met suggested that I head to a train station which sometimes has overnight trains to London. They gave me directions and after changing to another bus I finally got to the train station only to discover that there were no trains departing to London that night. It was time for me to consider some other options. I could book a train leaving early in the morning, take a train to another town and fly out of a different airport, or book a hostel for the night and try to contact the flight company in the morning. All of these were options that would cost me a lot of money that I wasn't really able to spend at the time. Luckily, another option arose, the possibility of overnight buses, which I had used previously through many parts of Europe, but I didn't realize they had one that ran from Brussels to London. Thankfully, I found one that was departing that night in a couple of hours from a different train station. I tried to book it online, but my credit card wasn't working, so I decided to take out some cash and head to the station in the hopes that they would allow me to board the bus. It was at this time that I met someone who offered to come with me to make sure that I was alright. We went to the station together and waited nervously for the bus to arrive. When it finally did arrive, I explained my situation to the bus driver, but he informed me that he is unable to accept cash and there was no way for me to get on that bus. Devastated, I looked at my newfound friend who told me to come with them to where they lived so we could sort things out. By this time, it was after midnight and the possibility of staying at a hostel for the night was highly unlikely. So we went to their place where I was able to find another bus departing at 5.30 a.m. My friend offered me to stay at their place and sleep for a few hours, and then they would walk me back to the station to catch the bus in the morning. True to their word, I slept for a few hours, and then we walked back to the station. My friend waited with me until the bus arrived, and it was confirmed that I would actually be on it this time. I am eternally grateful for this newfound friendship. Without this chance meeting and my faith in the stranger, there was no way I would have been able to find a way to London as quickly, cheaply, and safely as I did. Thank you, and I am eternally grateful for that. In conclusion, my time in Belgium was definitely not great, and I was so relieved when I finally boarded the bus that would take me to London. However, I do hope that I can return to Belgium one day, perhaps meet some more kind strangers that impact my life, and maybe pay that kindness forwards as well. I arrived in London extremely relieved to be back on UK soil. I had never been so happy to be in a primarily English-speaking country complete with bars that have the strangest names I've ever seen and the many chain stores and restaurants that I recognized from when I was living in Manchester at the time. My first few days I was pretty tired but I wanted to try and get some sightseeing in. The first thing I did was pick up my London pass which is an absolute must if you are sightseeing in London. I got the six day pass because that's how long I was in London, but I probably could have done with a three day pass. They also have options for a one day, two day or 10 day pass as well. The London pass basically gives you free admission to sites that they're partnered with, plus special deals and discounts at other attractions and restaurants. They also sell travel cards and a dining guide. The dining guide offers discounts at many restaurants. However, it wasn't really worth it for me. I think it would be more beneficial for families or groups to use because one dining guide can be used for up to six people to receive a discount at any of the restaurants that they're partnered with. All in all, the London pass did save me lots of money, and I'd highly recommend it for anyone traveling to London. And I'd also recommend buying it online in advance and picking it up in London once you arrive, as that is the cheapest option. After receiving my London pass, I set about sightseeing. The first hostel I stayed in was YHA St. Paul's, really close to the city centre and the Thames River along which the majority of sites are located. My first stop was the Tate Modern Art Gallery, which is actually free admission. It was interesting to see, but definitely not the best art gallery I've been to, in my opinion, which is probably why it's free, but definitely still something neat to check out. Next, I went to the Shakespeare Globe Theater, which was very cool. They have an indoor exhibition describing what the globe was like during its time and what it's used for now and how they use it on a regular basis. Then a tour guide takes you inside the globe, which is reconstructed after the previous one burnt down in the Great Fire, and it's the only building in London to have a thatched roof, which is pretty incredible. Imagining how the stage is used as an essential part of play production, especially during Shakespeare's time, is so interesting. I wish I would have been able to see a play at the Globe, and I'd recommend looking into this if you're traveling to London. As I'm told, it's a very interesting experience, and I think the tickets are relatively inexpensive. The next place on my list was Tower Bridge and the Tower of London. I didn't see the Tower of London because I was told that I wouldn't have enough time to see everything, and you're only allowed to visit each attraction on the London Pass once. But I did see the Tower Bridge exhibit, which was really neat. Seeing such a famous landmark was inspiring, and the view from the top of the bridge was incredible. I also got to check out the engine rooms for the tower located below, which were neat as well. Afterwards, I decided to take a river cruise along the Thames to head towards Big Ben and the London Eye. I definitely recommend doing a river cruise. The Thames is beautiful, and the London Pass gets you a 24-hour ticket that you can use for any type of journey, which I used a couple of different times. It was really lovely, and I got to take some incredible photos of the Parliament Buildings, Big Ben, the London Eye, and the surrounding area. The following day, I headed back towards the Parliament buildings to see Westminster Abbey. Another iconic figure, this church was very interesting inside, as it contained hundreds of monuments and graves of many famous figures and royalty. It was crazy for me to think that all of these hundreds of people were buried and commemorated within this one church. Afterwards, I made my way through nearby St. James Park to Buckingham Palace where I was able to witness a procession of the guards. It was very exciting and the palace grounds were packed with people. Nearby, I checked out the Queen's Art Gallery and the Royal Mews, which contains many of the royal carriages used for various parades, plus the Royal Horse Stables. It was really neat to see. Following this, I headed back to the Thames to take another river cruise towards the Tower, where I explored the Tower of London. I spent two and a half hours there and didn't even see everything, so I definitely recommend allocating yourself quite a bit of time. The guided tour provided by the tourmen was very animated and intriguing. Then I explored the tower a bit more on my own, reading about its dark history and seeing the many pieces of armor and weaponry that still housed there, plus many royal jewels. It was definitely an exciting experience. Afterwards, I walked along the Thames and watched the sunset from the Millennium Bridge, a footbridge over the Thames that connects Tate Modern to St. Paul's Cathedral, a lovely building that apparently has incredible views of the city from inside the dome, though I did not go inside because the attraction wasn't included with my pass. The next day, I headed to the more suburban area of Camden Town where they have a massive market. The market goes on for many, many streets and is filled with clothes, souvenirs, food vendors, and more. It was really interesting to check it out. After exploring for a little bit, I decided to head to the nearby London Zoo, which I had been debating about whether or not I wanted to go to, particularly because I'm not really a fan of zoos, but I am glad that I went. They have pretty much every animal you can think of there, and I definitely spent a good few hours exploring around. Later on, I headed back to the city center to explore the Oxford Circus Area, Piccadilly Circus Area, Leicester Square, and Trafalgar Square, all of which are mainly metropolitan areas that house expensive shopping stores. Trafalgar Square also houses the National Gallery, which is free admission, showcasing many Christian artworks. It was great to check out, but again, not my favorite art gallery that I've seen. The next few days I spent in a different hostel at YHA Earl's Court, which is in the Kensington Borough. This area is quite far away from the city center, but still has a few attractions. So it was nice for me to relax away from the hustle and the bustle of the heart of the city. Though, if you are only coming to London for a few days, I would definitely suggest staying in the city center as it's a lot closer to the main sites. My hostel was close enough to Hyde Park that I could walk there, which was really lovely to explore. It's an incredible, massive park. I also explored the nearby Apsley House and the Wellington Arch, the arch which was created to commemorate the Duke of Wellington for defeating Napoleon at the Battle of Waterloo, and the house where the Duke lived and kept many of his works. They were somewhat interesting, but definitely not my favorite sights to see. Afterwards, I headed back towards the city centre to check out the British Museum, which is free and is a lot less about Britain and a lot more about the other parts of the world. So essentially the museum contains artifacts from every area of the world, though it's difficult to say as with most museums if there are artifacts that were truly gifted or just taken and stolen throughout Britain's colonial expeditions. It wasn't my favorite museum, however, The next day, I explored the Natural History Museum, which is also free, and was absolutely incredible. This museum is a definite must-see. It's filled with artifacts of various life forms, particularly fossils. Their dinosaur exhibition was actually one of my favorite parts. Plus, they provide learning areas about the earth, the human body, and more. I spent four hours in this museum and I saw almost everything, so it's definitely worthwhile to spend some time here. On my last day in London, I was also able to travel back to Heaton Park and explore the Kensington Palace, which has some really cool exhibits about the royalty that lived there, plus other royal figures during the time, and some facts about the current Queen. Some of my observations made throughout my time in London include the fact that London has a lot of people. When I first arrived, I almost wished that I had decided to complete my exchange in London because it was so interesting. However, that quickly changed when I realized how much more expensive London is, how many people there are, and how many people are just in a hurry and consequently less friendly. A good example of this is the Tube. People literally run up and down the massive escalators because they're in such a hurry. Definitely has that big city feel. And though the centre of London is crazy busy all the time, which could have been amplified even more because it was spring break when I was travelling back in 2016, there are still so many different areas of London to explore. Some areas are cozy and packed with bars and restaurants. Some areas are business centers. Some areas feature markets and food vendors. Some areas house royalty. Some areas are quiet suburbs, and there's many, many parks to explore. London truly is a diverse city that offers something for everyone. In conclusion, I really did enjoy my time in London, but I don't think I could ever live there. I would recommend spending three to four days there though to get in all of your sightseeing. The six days that I spent in London was definitely more than enough time. My favorite sites include the Tower Bridge and the Tower of London, Parliament and Big Ben, and the London Eye on the opposite, opposite side of the river the Shakespeare Globe Theatre, the Royal Muse near the Palace, the London Zoo, the Natural History Museum, and of course, spending time near the Thames River and in London's lovely parks. For those of you traveling to London in the future, I hope you enjoy as much as I did, and don't forget to bring your umbrella. Amsterdam. I was really excited to visit Amsterdam because everyone I know who has been has nothing to say but praise for how remarkable the city is. However, Amsterdam was more than just remarkable. Even in my short time there, it surpassed any expectations I had, leaving me speechless and ready to move there in a heartbeat. By the time my flight arrived in Amsterdam, It was already starting to get laid out. Since my hostel wasn't in the city centre, I decided to go directly from the airport to the hostel and wake up early for some exploring. The Schiphol airport has a train station directly underneath it, making it extremely accessible to get into the city centre and to other areas near Amsterdam, which is really helpful. I wish I could say that I arrived at the hostel quickly and with no trouble, But unfortunately, that wasn't exactly the case. As I was leaving the arena, a guy walked up to me and asked if I had any cigarettes. I responded that I didn't because I don't smoke and continued walking. However, he kept walking alongside me and trying to make more conversation, like asking me where I was going. Shortly, he tried to get me to enter some store, so at this point, I loudly stated that I wasn't interested and for him to leave me alone. Thankfully, there were a lot of people around at this point, and he did leave me alone. I was definitely slightly scared by this encounter, but I'm also glad that I was able to stand up for myself. This is definitely something important to keep in mind, especially for any solo travelers out there. I proceeded to walk down another walkway, which was even more sketchy than where I previously was, but I had no more incidents, and I arrived safely. The place I was staying wasn't very clearly marked. It's basically one floor of a big apartment building. It was called hostel, a female-only hostel, and even though it wasn't in the city and it was difficult to find, it was so cute definitely the cutest hostel I've stayed at, with each part of the hostel carefully decorated. Though the decor was adorable and it's very easy to get from the arena into the city centre, if you're only in Amsterdam for a short amount of time, I'd recommend just staying in the centre. It will simply save you some travel time and money on transportation, plus it's a lot easier to come and go as you please. The next morning, I awoke early and headed into the city center on the metro, only after buying a train ticket and realizing that the next train wasn't for an hour. Rookie mistake on my part. I arrived at Central Station, right in the center of the city, and I was ready to go exploring. But first, I needed some breakfast, so I stopped at a cafe and had some coffee and Dutch pancakes. They were so good. Afterwards, I started walking towards the Jordan area near the Anne Frank house, and that was when I fell in love with Amsterdam. The architecture is unlike anything I've ever seen. People ride bikes everywhere. The canals are utterly gorgeous, and it was so sunny and beautiful. Every part of it made me want to up and move there. Especially since Jordan is more of a residential area and not as touristy, I felt like I was able to get a sense of what life in Amsterdam would really be like. The Anne Frank house looked interesting from outside because it really didn't look like a house at all. Unfortunately, I was not able to go inside, but I'm glad I at least got to see it. And Frank House recently had changed their sightseeing policies so that people who buy tickets online are able to visit until 3.30 and people who haven't bought their tickets online are only able to go after 3.30. And since I had to leave before then, I wasn't able to go. So I definitely recommend double checking their ticketing policies ahead of time before you go so that you can avoid disappointment. I definitely recommend getting the chance to visit if you have the chance. Afterwards, I followed the canals throughout Jordan and headed back towards the main city center. I stumbled upon a flower market in the middle of the streets, which was excellent to see. Then I continued to one of the biggest canals in Amsterdam, which has so many houseboats lining the sides of the canal. I'd love to live in one for a little while and try it out. Plus, there's many boats that come and go along the canal throughout the day. Just sitting next to it and taking in all of the beauty is so rewarding. By this time, it was very sunny out and very hot. It must have been about 30 degrees Celsius. And I was definitely not prepared for that kind of heat in late spring. I literally almost went to buy a dress because for some reason I had decided to wear pants. But I pushed through, even though walking around all day resulted in a couple of sunburns. Next, I went to visit the Hof, which used to be a nunnery. It's in a busy area of the city, but tucked away so that it's still nice and serene inside. The area has a lot of buildings for residents, a main church, and a chapel. I think the church is still used for services, plus I saw a bride and a groom there, which was really incredible as well. Afterwards, I went straight from being a saint to being a sinner by walking through the red light district. I mean, who goes to Amsterdam without seeing the red light district? Spoiler alert! It wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Yes, there are a lot of coffee shops, sex shops, museums, bars, private shows, sex theaters, and more, but you can also find many of these features throughout the rest of the city as well, especially coffee shops where you can purchase cannabis products. So it may seem scandalous, but I was definitely expecting it to be much worse. However, I was visiting in the middle of the day, so I imagine at night it's a whole different story. A friend of mine actually advised me not to visit the red light district at night, especially if I'm alone, or even if you were someone else. So I'd say visiting at night is probably only a good idea if you're with a big group of people or with someone who actually knows the area very well. After strolling through the districts, I headed a couple of streets east to walk through Chinatown and another marketing area. It was very neat to check out that area as well. Unfortunately, that brought me to the end of my travels. I was only in Amsterdam for less than 24 hours, and I had to head back to Central Station and take the train back to the airport. Though my time in Amsterdam was fleeting, it was still incredible, and I'm really glad I had the opportunity to see a bit of the city. I didn't actually pay to visit any sites because just wandering around near the canals and in the city center was more than enough to keep me occupied. I know that Amsterdam has a lot more to offer than what I saw, so I really hope I can go back one day. If you are traveling to Amsterdam, I would suggest to stay right in the city center. I'd also recommend visiting the Jordan area because it's very lovely and a lot quieter than the heart of the city. Also seeing the red light district is a must. Just make sure you're safe and aware when you're there. I hope whoever visits Amsterdam will fall in love with it like I did. It's definitely one of my new favorite cities because of all of the unique aspects it offers And I truly hope that I can come back someday in the future. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Kiara Goes Global podcast. For more ways to connect with us, you can visit our website at kiaragoesglobal.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time.